బైబిల్ ట్రెషర్స్ టాపిక్ ఫైవ్ వర్షిప్ వెల్కమ్ టు ది సౌండ్ డాక్టర్ టెలికాస్ట్ praise god for all the corrective teaching that we received during the series of these talks today we will begin with apostle paul's prediction made years ago please turn with us to second timothy fourth chapter and look at the third verse the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers and will turn their ears away from the truth but be turned aside to fables they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned to fables now these times are already upon us you know these days the scriptures of god are twisted to suit the convenience of both the preachers and the listeners there are so many rules of biblical interpretation and all those uh, rules of uh, interpretation are very conveniently ignored and there is a famine for the word of god everywhere so many sermons are there so many programs are there but there is a scarcity for unadulterated preaching of the pure word of god this program is based on what apostle paul admonished two of his young leaders one was timothy and the other was titus let us look at what apostle paul told timothy in his time the same second timothy fourth chapter and look at the second words preach the word preach the word please come with us to what paul wrote to titus that is in his second chapter and look at the first words as for you speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine as for you that means your ministry is going to be a different ministry also means that you are going to be among the minority because the majority has gone after adulterating the word of god for their own gain now this telecast is dedicated for this twofold purpose we want to preach the word of god number 2 to establish you in the sound doctrine of god's word Satan is the arch enemy of God and he has always wanted and desired and lusted to be worshiped that was the main reason for his downfall if you turn with us to the book of isaiah 14th chapter we'll read from verse 12 to 14 oh, you are fallen from heaven oh lucifer son of the morning and look at the 13th words why did you fall like that because you have said in your heart i will ascend into heaven and i will exalt my throne above the stars of god and i will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north i will ascend above the heights of the clouds and i will be like the most high so he has always wanted to be worshiped that has been his eternal desire 
Now that reached a climax during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we are going to give you two examples, one at the first coming of Christ and the other one during the second coming of Christ. Now turn with us to Matthew's Gospel, 4th chapter. The Lord Jesus Christ was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. So many temptations. And there were three very particular, specific, representative temptations. And of those three temptations, you know what was the last of the temptation? Turn with us to Matthew's Gospel, 4th chapter. Right from verse 8 onwards. David took Jesus up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kings of the world and their glory. He said to him, All these things I will give you if only you will fall down and worship me. Immediately Jesus said, Away with you, Satan. Now what he started very much during the first coming of Christ, you find he is building up momentum even towards the second coming of Christ. Turn, for example, to Second Thessalonians, second chapter. We'll read the first few verses. First words. Now, brothers, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you. Come to the third words. Let no one deceive you by any means. He is revealed as the son of perdition. And what will he do? Look at the fourth words. He opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. You know, he always is over-occupied with his desires. And whenever he tries with people to get them worship him, and he is not successful. Immediately, you know what he does? He tries to distract them from pure worship and giving them some transgressed version of worship. Because these are days of real revival of praise and worship. He takes advantage of that wave so that he can have a ride on it. You know, Satan is so clever and cunning that he can even make that which is false appear like true. Now, in this series of talks, we are going to assist you how you can flush out ten unscriptural practices so you would give yourself to true acceptable worship. How not to worship? We are going to consider ten lessons. Today we'll do lesson number one. Do not worship for personal enjoyment. Do not worship for your personal enjoyment. Today there are so many worship and praise services all over. People return from a very good worship services. And we ask them a question, how was the worship? What they will normally say, oh it was exciting. I felt very good. This is the modern mindset. All over the world, whatever you do, man finally asks, what will I get out of it? 
So that is the trend that has also subtly entered religion also. But true worship does not ask what I will get, rather it concerns itself what I can give unto God. A very famous worship psalm in the book of Psalms, Psalm 96, we'll read verses 7, 8 and 9, wonderful verses. Give to the Lord, O kindreds of the people, give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory to His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Did you notice something very interesting here? Give to the Lord, give to the Lord, give to the Lord. And then it says, bring an offering and come into His courts. The next verse, ninth verse says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Giving to God, that is the beauty of real holiness. I always believe in the law of first mention when I interpret the Bible. For example, if you want to study a doctrine, try to find out where it occurs first in the Bible. Almost in that context, around it, you will be able to get some of the most important salient features of that particular doctrine. Now, you know where that word worship comes for the first time in the Bible? It is there in book of Genesis 22nd chapter. And here we have Abraham, he is going with his son to sacrifice him as God had demanded it. And look at the fifth words. Abraham said to his young man, that is Abraham said to his servants, You stay here with the donkey, lad and I will go yonder and worship and we'll come back to you. I want to ask a question. Abraham said we are going to worship and we will come back. What exactly did he mean by that word worship? Give away my son to God. For him, worship was not to receive something, but to release something unto God. That's the purest form of worship. Now, if you come to the New Testament, the place where that word worship comes for the first time, it is associated with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew's Gospel, second chapter, second words. Here we meet the wise men who came from the east. And what do they say? Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Now what did they mean by worshipping the baby Jesus? They wanted to offer unto him gold and frankincense and myrrh. True worship is always giving unto God. Interestingly, the word worship comes from an Anglo-Saxon word, worship. In other words, to ascribe unto God that is due unto His name. In other words, in worship, we are just telling, Oh God, you are worthy. Worship. I want to take an example from the Old Testament and then come to the New Testament. David was a great worshiper. You know what he said in 2 Samuel 22nd chapter? Look at the fourth words. 
Call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Now when you come to the New Testament, even in the portals of heaven, now if you look at the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation, we meet the 24 elders. 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne. What do they say? Look at the 11th verse. You are worthy, O Lord. Beloved, this is what real worship. Now I want to show a difference between three spiritual exercises. One is prayer. The other is thanksgiving. The other one is praise or worship. For example, Lord save me. That's prayer. Thank you Lord for saving me. That's thanksgiving. Oh God, I worship you. I praise you because you are the Savior. That is praise or worship. Heal me, O oh God. That's prayer. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. That's thanksgiving. Oh Lord, I praise you because you are the healer. That is real worship. So we should go from prayer unto thanksgiving, from thanksgiving unto worship. Even from thanksgiving we should move on unto pure worship. Because in thanksgiving you praise God for what he gives. In worship you praise God for who he is. In other words, you are not concerned with the blessings, but you concentrate on the blesser. I want to show an example from one of the minor prophets. Turn with us the book of Habakkuk. And look at the third chapter. We'll read the 17th and 18th words. Though the fig tree may not blossom, no blessings, nor fruit be on the vines, again no blessing, though the labor of the olive may fail, again no blessing, the field sealed in no food, no blessing, and the flock be cut off from the fold, no blessing, and there be no herd in the stalls, no blessing. I don't mind. Look at the eighteenth words. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. It's not the blessings anymore, but it is a blesser. That's what exactly was the experience of Patriarch Job. You know, what did he say? Naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked I will get back. The Lord gives. The Lord took away. Then what did he say? Blessed be the name of the Lord. True worship is not concerned with the blessings, but it concentrates on the blesser. Not the creature, but the creator. When we get ourselves over-occupied with the creature, we'll begin to believe a lie and we will lose the truth. Now here is where musicians and song leaders should be extremely careful and cautious. Song leaders do not become performers. 
Physicians don't become entertainers. Don't have any theatrical postures. Attraction should not be towards you, but it must be towards the Lord. 120 priests were worshipping the Lord. Using the trumpets to praise the Lord. People did not say, oh, what wonderful music it is. People did not say, the singing is good, the music is good. God is good. That's the kind of worship that we should restore to our worship service. Then there comes a question. Now, does it mean I cannot be joyful if I go to a worship service? You will be joyful. But not because what you are going to get. But it is because of what God has received from your hands. Turn with us to the book of Isaiah. I will read to you the 56th chapter. I look at the 7th words. I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of my prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. How not to worship? Do not worship for personal enjoyment. God bless you.